So full energy from bed right here Cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Your host of the day B, couple guests too We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Now we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, London ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of our own island It's only got one E, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the shells, side with the shells, side with the shells, side what we see With the shells, side with the shells, side Hello and welcome to the Shelfside Podcast, episode 12. Good evening, Kwabna. How are you? What's going on, Andrew? Um, you know what? I'm a little bit better. I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. I'm a little bit better. Hold that confliction. Hold that confliction. Uh, I want to shout out Lero for last week. Amazing show last week. That was full of bants, rants, and fun. Well, yeah, so nah, rants, but... it was good. It was good. He was good energy, man. Good energy. Yeah, I'm gonna shout all um, regular listeners. Thank you for staying with us. I want to shout new listeners. Thank you for joining us. And I want to thank those who dip in and out every now and again. Thank you for listening to this pod. Um, I learn about new listeners who I know every day. So shout to a good friend of mine, Higher Lens, long-time uh, Spurs fan and somebody who I go way back as far as primary school with. So shout out to you, my friend. Um, and our international listeners. We have hit a few new cities. I'm always excited when there's new cities on the radar. Yeah, for sure. Other side of the world, Kovna. Other side of the world. How Auckland. Far How... Auckland. Jeez. Auckland, New Zealand. All right. So dude. shout to you guys. My, my godmother, rest her soul, was from um, Auckland. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. That's the link there, mate. That's the link. Yeah. RIP. Okay. And I don't think we've had this before. Sham in Switzerland. I think we had Zurich, but I don't think we've had Sham. I'm assuming it's pronounced Sham. It could be Cham, C H A M. And this one's gonna, I'm gonna trip over on this one. It's Fullenbach or Fullenbach, also in Switzerland. So shout to you guys. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you like it. And I hope you continue to like it. And I hope you give someone the gift of the pod. I'm stealing that one. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, yeah. Thank you all for listening, man. Hopefully, you know, this is another insightful episode for you to sink your teeth into. Indeed, indeed. So I think we start off with some um, housekeeping. So we have to offer our condolences to Serge Aurier and family for the loss of his younger brother uh, a couple of days ago. So he's one of ours. We respect him and we stand with him and his family. So condolences to you guys. Yeah. Uh, and there's been two games this week. So I think we should just get into those. Cool, man. It's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a weird week. Uh, we obviously got the win over Arsenal, which was big. And it was, it was a statement of his tenure for Mourinho. Because if you look at the way Yes, we beat City um, 2-0, but, you know, they had a man sent off. We still were on the, under the cost for a while, and that wasn't particularly easy. Um, I think 
what has happened since is there's been a long search for an identity and to at least witness a Mourinho masterclass. We actually thought we were going to get it against United. It yes. didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um, and so to get it over the scum was good. Um, they obviously, they can talk about all the other extra bits, but the bottom line is they lost that game. And it was, I don't know, it, for some people, it looked like a sign of things to come. I'm not so sure. I remember when um, under previous managers, there was like, there was a turning point in which you could see what their, their blueprint was, right? So for Red Knapp, it was the 4-4 against Arsenal. For Pochettino, it was the 2-1 against Everton. Like, there are managers who they have those moments where you're like, okay, now I see what you're trying to do here. Let's, let's kind of like, get behind it. I don't think that's so much the case with Mourinho yet in terms of this, this um, game. When I, looked at, when I looked at that game, I didn't feel like that was it. But um, I could, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, man. So I might come back um, to see that and see that that's actually the case. I wanted to kind of pick your brain, Andrew, and ask you a couple of questions um, about both games. So we've also beaten Newcastle 3-1. And yep. we've done so without having much possession. We've done so by taking our chances. We've done so by... I always, I'm always wary of using the term resolute when it comes to defending. Because I feel like when you're being when you're defending resolutely, you also have to be like good defensively, right? It's not just about just throwing every limb in the way. It's about also being calm, also being able to shepherd and snuff out opportunities for the opposition, like being able to just kill things dead. Even it starts from like midfield for me, right? When you when you're defending resolutely. Um, but people tend to throw that term around in football when you're just like throwing in last this tackle and you're just limbs and everywhere. Like, yeah, it's not that. It's not that. I feel like there's a there's a calming. If I think about a resolute defender in their prime, I think about someone like Vertonghen, right? He, yes, last this tackles are there, but also the tidiness and cutting out interceptions and all that kind of stuff are, are key to his game. So um, I don't necessarily wouldn't say we defended resolutely, but we defended well enough to get the job done. Um, and so we've ended up running out three one winners. So when we think about both of those games, I want to ask if you think now we have a philosophy uh, at the club. It's a term that's been overused, but do you think that these two games represent a way in which Mourinho wants to play? Definitely. So I'm going to take it back slightly, if I if I may indulge myself in doing so. If you think about when Mourinho came in, he mentioned the balance of our side. And he said it weighed heavily in the attacking strength as opposed to anything else. I think he tried to play on that and you, and play to our strengths. It didn't work. We were way too open. Uh, but he didn't really change it because I don't think we had enough options to change. And obviously in the window that he had, we then brought in a midfielder. And we brought in Bergwijn, so Gedson and Bergwijn, and made the Celso permanent. So we didn't strengthen in defence, and we've lost a defender uh, in Danny Rose. So I think he kept with it. And I think it's very pertinent to mention the Sheffield United game. That was the where we ate bramble pie, as you so eloquently put it. We went there with four 
attack-minded players. Um, when I say four attack-minded players, these are four players who were always in advance of the ball, in my opinion, throughout the, that game. And we got caught out badly. So uh, we went to Everton and we changed it slightly. And it was boring. Kane ended up with more touches in his own box than up in the opposition's box. And it looked like we were just going to defend resolutely throughout. Now, I think over the last two games, you've seen something different. You've seen a slight tweak in formation, definitely against Arsenal. We were 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1. And that was key to nullify their fullbacks and gives um, Aurier some protection. That worked. There was a period in that game where we, for about 20 minutes, we just said, I think we're a bit tired. You have possession. You break us down. But I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to hit you on the counter and we're going to target the space in behind the fullbacks. And that's what we did. It worked well. And we obviously got the win. So that was the kind of Mourinho masterclass. And then we went behind in that game. But again, uh, tonight against Newcastle, similar thing. Newcastle have not had the amount of possession they had all season in this game. They average around 34%, I think it was, possession throughout the season. And I haven't seen the stats at the end of the game. But at one point in the game, they were up to like 60% possession after about half an hour. So they were dominating what appeared to be dominating possession and territory. But it was a tactic. Our clear tactic now is an organised defence, a defence with shape, a low block, Winks sitting deep, everybody getting behind the ball when we're defending. Apart from Kane, Kane is getting behind the ball, but he's not coming as deep in the last two games. He stayed further up front. But noticeably, Son and especially Lucas tracking back and tackling and putting real pressure on the play. I think Lucas set a Premier League record for Tottenham in tackles against Arsenal with 10 tackles. And even tonight, he was tackling like a madman. And noticeably, they both got substituted. And I think that's how they're going to be used. They have to be as good going backwards as they are going forward. So I think, yeah, there is definitely an identity starting to take shape. And I think Mourinho said, I tried it your way. Tried to play Tottenham way. Now we will play my way. And he threatened this earlier on in the season or in his tenure. Didn't quite see it through, but now he's seen it through. You know, I've I see I see that there is um, a real change in in the way we we're playing. Well, not a real change, but for, under him, I think there's I had think there has been a progression. And I've seen that we have, like you mentioned, players like Lucas who are very functional. Like they can they can be given the instruction, they can follow it to the lesser. Lucas is like that. I think Sissoko is like that. Um, Lucas is a bit ironic because he's a winger signed, Brazilian winger signed for like his flair, his, his ability to make something out of nothing and he's been turned into quite a functional, almost William Mark II-like. Um, almost, yeah. And and so, so I think there are the beginnings of a real kind of philosophy there. I just want to know, I guess, how sustainable is it? Is it is this a long term thing? Is this, is this to get us to the end of the season? Because I want you to bear in mind that right now he pretty much has a 
fully fit squad. Before, he was talking about playing a certain way because he had no strikers and he had no midfielders and blah, blah. Now, everyone he wants to play, everyone he's actually going to play, people who are in his plans, they're all playing. So do you think this is a long-term, sustainable um, a philosophy that will take us into next season and beyond? Or do you think it's still just him just, let's steady the ship, ride it out and see what happens? So I definitely think it's uh, a long-term philosophy, but it will evolve. And it will evolve with understanding. It will evolve with um, new players, better players at playing this style of football. And it will evolve with camaraderie and um, going through some real challenges, i.e. going behind not playing well at all and getting results and winning mentality. And this is definitely the way we're going to play, right? Mourinho knows that he's not going to have major funds over the next few windows. So if we can learn, anyone can learn to defend as a unit, right? And I don't mean this to be disrespectful to teams that do it, but you look at what he did at Porto, and the way they won the Champions League and the way Inter won the Champions League, they weren't the most attractive, attack-minded sides. They defended first. His Chelsea sides were a bit different because they were powerful and strong all over the place and Real's Real. But he knows how to get sides defending and he will sacrifice possession. He will sacrifice territory because he's challenging sides to break his side down. And if you follow instructions and you have the harmony, then you will defend well. You're going to concede goals. We conceded two in the last two games with the low block. They were worldies. That means we're not pressing the ball as much. There's not much pressure on the ball outside the box because everyone's in position. However, we won't concede as many. Lloris is not making more um, as many mistakes. Uh, I'm not going to dig him out today. So I'm going to say generally we're not making as many mistakes as a team. So therefore, we're not giving up as much. Uh, in midfield, I think the likes of Winks. Winks has been okay, but I challenge Winks to be better than okay. Right? He needs to start taking ownership of the pattern of play a bit more. He can do that from a deep lying position, protecting the back four. But he's not. He's playing it very, very simple, very, very safe. The Celso takes the onus and Sissoko's taking the onus. But the Sissoko is not the greatest on the ball and the Celso's passing isn't the greatest. So these guys in midfield who are running our midfield, one needs to step up his passing because he can do it. And the other two are runners. And obviously this is why I think we are also playing counter-attacking football because the profile of player we have there are runners with the ball, runners with and without. So yeah, I think I think it's a long-term thing. I just, yeah. I mean, to me, I think having having a team full of runners and and to look at players like the Sosa who are, like you said, is passing. I wouldn't say it's poor, but I can see what you mean. Like he's not he's not an Ericsson style player, no, right? He's, he's pass first, passing range incisive in between the lines passing he can do it every now and again but that's not his default his default is to run into the space which is why i think it's 
what I think is why is concerning. I think it's concerning to think that as a long term solution, this is the way we're going to develop because we currently it just has limitations. Because if you have those two, you consider to be athletic, making those runs, and the people that are sort of controlling the play aren't actually that either adventurous when it comes to passing, or aren't actually good at com- like Lucas is fairly adventurous when it comes to passing. He just can't complete the passes. He did on Saturday. Yeah, he did on Saturday. Or Sunday, sorry. If you're going to do it two times a season, those numbers aren't good. (laughs) Those those numbers aren't good. Two in the same game. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you need to to be able to, you need to be able to have someone, even if you have, we don't have one player that he's wanting to play that can be inventive and take advantage of those. So I guess um, that's my, that's my biggest concern. Do you think that this, this approach to our footballing style, this approach to our philosophy changes the proposed transfer targets? Or do you think that the same kind of players need to be replaced in the same kind of ways? And when I say that to you, I mean, for example, this lopsided defence that he's very keen on and using Aurier as an outlet means that someone like Max Ahrens, who's been constantly linked to the club, still fits that profile, right? But if he's going to be more functional and he's going to experiment more with like a 4-4-2 like he suggested... Max Ahrens isn't the kind of player that's going to fit into that. So do you think that now our, our transfer targets stay the same or do, they, do the function and the role that they're supposed to be playing change? Good question. So I think the likes of Max Ahrens, I don't know if we were really interested in Max Ahrens or really are interested in Max Ahrens. There's been a lot of talk, a lot of paper talk. Now, I think what Mourinho will do, I don't think he will necessarily go like for like. I think he would like a multifaceted fullback, one who can defend as well as they attack, right? He's often gone with what he has and tried to develop it like most managers would do. So right now, Aurier and Davies fit that lopsided defensive mantra. But it's not ideal, Okay. And I don't think any manager would want to do that out of choice. So I think our transfer targets are going to be limited because of funds, limited because we're not in the Champions League. Uh, but it depends on how prepared Levy and Enoch are to roll the die. So it's the positions. We're not just weak in the fullback areas. We need a proper DM. We need a backup striker. We know this, and some would argue we need a creative midfield stroke 10, 8.5 type player. So it depends how how much funds are there. It depends which positions he will target. It almost looks like he's happy with the fullbacks. And that's worrying. But to answer your original question, I think he will go with what is available, and it doesn't mean necessarily lopsided fullbacks and lopsided defence. Okay. Um, I I wanted to run this idea by you. So we mentioned earlier about the philosophy and how you feel like we have one established now. For a long time, Mourinho has seen as someone who's a, a pragmatist first. So he would adapt to the opposition that he's playing and that is kind of how he... That's kind of how he sets up. And many, many coaches and many managers across many different sports 
have adopted this approach. Like our philosophy is to take away your biggest strengths. That's it, right? So for those who follow, for our American listeners who follow um, NFL, is very Bill Belichick like. You know, we don't really have a way of playing, but we'll make sure that you can't do your best thing. And whether it's a passing game or running game, whatever, we'll stop doing that. When it comes to football, Marino has been very much like, if you want to pass, we're going to disrupt the game. If you want to keep possession um, and kind of poke holes, then you can have the possession, but we won't let you go for a certain point. If you want to play counter-attack, actually, we'll give you the ball. Like, for example, Newcastle have had a lot of players, a lot of five players, um, recently, and so they would play on the break, right? So Sam Maxim was going to was playing on the break today. They had Dwight um, Gale, and Mourinho was like, okay, well, you can just have the ball then. He did the same thing against Arsenal, right? Yes. If, if that's the case, does that now mean that Mourinho actually is is what he said he he said he was going to be, and that he's now got an identity? He's now a different coach to the person he was before. Because when we signed him, he tried to tell us that he was different. He tried, tried to tell us that he's got a new way of playing football, a new way of approaching things. If that's the case, are we happy with this new approach? And are we? And and is it is it worrying or actually encouraging that he took that same philosophy and applied it to a team that is perhaps approaching our level in Arsenal? Because you know they keep the ball, they've got decent players, etc. They're, they're they're traditionally a top six side, and then he took that same approach and applied it to Newcastle, who have nothing really going on this season. Should we have adapted it? Bearing in mind when he did try to change it to Sheffield United, there was it was a detrimental effect. So what do you think? So I think he's evolving uh, in the sense where I think yeah, this philosophy he had. Maybe it was more attack-minded. Maybe he saw the Tottenham side and thought, great, there are so many attack-minded players here. They're a great club. Not necessarily realising that a lot of the legs had gone and the players needed complete... Not complete, but there needed to be a, a refresh, a reboot there. And maybe his philosophy was a bit misguided, which could be worrying in itself. Um, I think, though... His philosophy, well, I'm hoping his philosophy has changed, certainly from a man management perspective, as we've touched on in this pod before, I feel, where he's frozen out key players. Um, we're seeing it with Tongi for various reasons, but I think I know why that's happening with Tongi. Uh, I think with regards to the actual playing style, I think Mourinho is never going to be tippy-tappy football, right? Let's just forget that notion. Tottenham are going to be defence first. If it's low block, it's low block until we can defend as a unit and we know what we're doing, a la Chelsea, and then we start dominating and we play football, but we all know our roles. So I think this is his philosophy. Let's understand how to defend. Because if you think about his philosophy and his ideals, he's a winner, right? This is what people keep on telling me. He's a winner, he knows how to win, he knows how to win. If you know how to defend and you can punish people on the counter, you're going to win games. And that's how you win in the Champions League, especially going away from home, which he has done with unfashionable sides. This is his DNA. We have to accept that this is going to be the way it's going to be. 
We are not going to be buying ball-playing players in the middle of the park, five-foot-five players who just pass, 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 have no grit. That's not the Mourinho way. That's not how he knows how to win. That philosophy that he was speaking of, if it was playing style, was a myth. I think he tried it, it didn't work, and he's reverted back to what he knows. So, is it worrying? If you want to see attractive football, it's certainly worrying. Could we win this way? Well, we have one of the best finishers in the world. That's one thing. He's just scored 200 career goals, league goals, club goals. So congratulations to Mr. Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in the world, one of the most dangerous attacking players in the world in human song, turning Lucas into an effective two-way player at the moment if the last two games are anything to go by. Then you have Bergwijn, you have Lamella, who he likes Lamella because he's tenacious, does what he wants him to do according to the detail. Yeah, there are options. Those type of players are going to hurt you once they find their cohesion because they haven't had a lot of cohesion and they haven't been clinical or as clinical as we would like them to be been in the last few games but this is all a process I think players are starting to adapt to what he is feeding them the defence is adapting, Winks is understanding what he's supposed to be doing the Celso and Sissoko like you say they respond to the detail, Lucas 110% and even Kane seems to have changed his positioning from the um, Everton game Sheffield United game and is now staying up top. I think we're seeing the making of something. Much to your disappointment, Gravner. I know, man, but it's hard. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard to argue. It's just the. Uh, it's just not a very enticing or appealing notion. It's appealing if you're winning, right? And it will evolve. It will naturally evolve because these are not terrible players. These are, the Celso's a good player. Uh, Lamella is a forward-thinking player. Lucas. The beauty of Lucas playing a little bit deeper, which is what I want to highlight here. Uh, I think they said it in commentary tonight. Lucas invariably beats his first man. And if he's beating his first man in the middle of the park, it's a different mentality when you're trying to win the ball back in the middle of the park. Um, as opposed to a defender. A defender, you'll give up some of that space until that person's going to shoot, right? And you'll drop and you'll drop. In the middle of the park, you dive in. If Lucas gets past you, he's now running into space. And now he's a danger. He's a threat. He's breaking lines. Kane's dropping off. He has people to hit, to pass. Or Kane's running in behind. And he seems more effective in a deeper position breaking from midfield than he does when he's got a defender right on him. One of the tactics from Mourinho that seems to be working. Another tactic I've noticed from Mourinho, which is key, I read recently that Spurs haven't tackled that much. We've been uh, not fouled as often. I think we've fouled the least throughout the Premier League or something like that. Well, I'll tell you what I've noticed against Everton, Wolves, uh, not so much Arsenal, but certainly tonight, we have been taking on the key players and we've been taking turns 
and nullify them by doing cynical fouls. That's very much Mourinho. Do you think, though, like, I, I, you made a point earlier about how actually you are functional until you're in a good place, everyone knows what they're doing, and then you begin to play football. So, for example, Chelsea, its first time round, were functional for a little bit, and then they actually played some um, some decent football. You know, anyone who pretends like they didn't enjoy watching Robin and, and Duff in their pomp is lying. Um, you know, they scored a lot of goals. Um, I wouldn't say that it was it was like Barcelona-esque, no, but it was it was fairly enjoyable to watch. I'm I'm thinking that like when do we look at our team and decide that actually our attacking players should be attacking players and not attacking players who defend really well? So today, Lucas recovered the ball a few times and it was impressive to see his work rate. But I also feel that if I, if we have a Brazilian winger who can do what he, he did against Ajax and what he's done against Man City, what he's done against um, you know various other teams in the league... I, I just wonder how realistic it is for me to expect him to be focused on making an impact going forward rather than backwards. I don't know if I'm asking too much, or if that's like, and that's, that's not even me being facetious, that's just a genuine concern. Because there have been games this season where, under Mourinho, where I've seen Kane spend more time in his own box. And I, don't get me wrong, sometimes you have to defend and dig in. But... I just don't want that to be the main contribution of our attacking players, but I think that that might be what it ends up being. So I know what you're saying, and the to answer your question, when do I think? I think it will be some time. I think everyone needs to know the system inside out. Systems, and we've touched on this before, we're both basketball fans, and we know systems win over individual play. Right. So if look at Sheffield United, they play a very different system um, to everybody else. And it came and it took the league by storm and it's still taking the league by storm for their resources and where they are in comparison. That's taking the league by storm. Now, with Spurs, we need to become winners first. We need to understand we need to know everybody's role so we can dig people out. People need to know it inside out. And then it allows you the freedom, right? Because people will treat you differently. People will play you differently. You get more space. Players can become more creative. And players, when they go forward and lose the ball, people will be covering. But to answer your specific question about wingers, especially, say, a Lucas type, this is the system, but with the personnel. Now, you look at the Chelsea sides, and if you've got a Makalele who knows the role and is doing the defensive role of one and a half to two people, or Ale Kante doing the role of one and a half to two people, then it allows for more freedom in your attacking wide areas, right? Today, we don't have that. Today, we are struggling, so we're not going to be as expansive going forward because we do not have that cover. So I think it's evolving, understanding the system, and getting the personnel in that work in that system 
in a better way. And I don't think we'll see too much of Kane in the box defending only from set pieces, because if you remember in his last title winning season in this country, Diego Costa was doing exactly the same thing, but still nearly managed 20 Premier League goals. Hazard had to track back. He was dropped because he didn't track back. They ended up winning. That's what he does. It's not attractive all the time, but it is effective. All right. So you're clearly coming away to around to the way of thinking of the pragmatism and the fact that, yes, we know it's not going to be attractive, but we hope eventually it'll be effective. It seems like, you know, you're like, well, this is the manager we have. This is how you're going to approach it. We just need to hope it's more effective than it is um, lacking in, in attractiveness. My last question then is, given, given what we've established about philosophy, tactics, personnel, is forget about the personality clash that seems to have happened between Mourinho and Lomelé. But as a skill set, is there a space or a role for his skill set in this new Mourinho world? So, firstly, can I say, I don't know if there really has been a personality clash. I just think they're very different. I, I don't think they're at each other's throats like that. Um, however, is there, the answer to your question is, do I think there's a role for Don Belay? No, I don't. Warrenly, I don't. Uh, I don't because I read something the other day and when I looked at it and thought about it, it made perfect sense. The, uh, there's three times Dombele has started under Mourinho. Three times. Each of those three times, Tanganga played right back. Not Aurier, Tanganga. So what that's showing me is that when Dombele plays, he feels like he can't have that expansive fullback. Because yeah. if you look at when Soko plays, Sissoko often covers, even when he's playing in the base, he's always right-sided. Do you remember that game against Man United away at Old Trafford? He virtually played right-back yeah. in that game. Yeah. He doesn't trust Tongi to do that. So therefore, Tongi doesn't play in this system at this moment in time. Not as a starter. Okay, so can I can I can I interject there? If yeah. we buy if we buy a better right back who can be trusted defensively, does that then open the door for Tong or not? I hope so. And this is the evolution, right? This is the evolution. He played Joe Cole. He converted Joe Cole to a more midfield defensive midfield type player. And Joe Cole had all the talent in the world for those who don't really know who Joe Cole is. And there was a place for Joe Cole in his system in his first Chelsea team. So there is a place for Tongi if we become more or stronger in the fullback area, especially the right-back area. But I'm not trying to dig this man out. He's just lost his brother. Um, not that he's listening to this pod, but I still feel like I don't want to dig him out. He probably but, is listening. People are listening all over the world. <laughs> clearly. But yeah, I, I think there could be a place uh, but certainly next season, if we do still have five subs, uh, given the current transfer market, the conditions, given the fact that I don't know who we would replace him with for that same value, unless it's Coutinho from Barcelona and they want that swap deal, 
I don't think we're going to get rid of him because I don't think we're going to get value for him. So therefore, I think we try and keep him. We've still got five years left on this contract or four years plus the option. So we, we're not going to lose value unless he just doesn't perform at all. And I think he'll be used like how he was used against uh, Bournemouth to come on to try and unlock a defence that we're struggling to unlock. Yeah. Bad. What a player he can so man. <laughs> I know, but then he may evolve, right? He may find the engine like Essien found the engine. Mourinho touched on this global fitness issue that Essien had, had and now he likened it to Dombele. We questioned why he was out during lockdown with Dombele doing fitness work, training in the park. He's trying to get something out of him. He probably hasn't got it yet. There's obviously things going on with Dombele. Few niggling injuries out again today, which for me may have or could have signaled the end of his career at Spurs. But like I said, I don't think we'll get rid of him. But will Mourinho trust him? I'm not sure. He trusts Lamella. Lamella plays for injury, uh, especially when we didn't have Kane, Bergwijn and Son. I think Tongi needs to develop that, maybe get his head down, get that fitness. And if he can get a motor, then for sure he plays. I really hope so, man. I really hope so. Um, okay, so we've uh, we've had a quick, you know, we had a, we had a good, uh, not quick, but a good in-depth look at those aspects of the of the um, of the philosophy of the approach and how it might impact us moving forward. So, listeners, for sure, let us know um, at the shelf uh, at shelf pod on Twitter. Let us know what you uh, what you think if you agree with Andrew's kind of assessment. Um, what you think it means for the future. Um, just hashtag self-pod and we'll, uh, we'll definitely try and get back to you on, on those on those comments. So do reach out. Um, I think... Bhavna, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, can I cut you? I just yeah. wanted to point out three things real quickly that I also picked up on. Yeah. Right? Uh, you've got... You mentioned Tongi, but I think Delhi's position's at threat. In, Massively, yeah. Yeah, going forward. Um I don't see where he plays in either of the two formations we played in the last two games, right? And they were 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1 against Arsenal and more a 4-5-1 defensively and a 4-3-3 going forward. I don't see where Delhi plays. Uh, but I don't think we will get the same value for him if we were to try and sell him uh, in this transfer window. One other thing... I've noted down about Mourinho is this um, Ben Davis. Uh, like him or loathe him, he seems to fit this system as you touched on. But he doesn't win his battles. So I think he's as um, as much as a liability as Serge Aurier is. And I noted it's very clear that he's struggling because he's received four yellow cards in the last six games. Yeah. I think it's six in the last 10. That's early in the season. He's already facing a suspension. So one to watch. So, yeah, it's like, it's definitely, my problem is that it it makes it feel like the defense isn't a system. Right, it seems like 
there's been isolated incidents where someone's been called in to make those challenges and put themselves in a situation where they have to do that. And that's what I find concerning. But like you said, it's something that's got to be developed. It's something that we've got to see moving forward. So yeah, yeah, yeah. watch the space. And the last point, I want to pat myself on the back. I know it's early doors, but who got Kane's assist for his first goal tonight? Uh, yeah, Stevie. Which was actually, it was actually, it was actually technically a difficult cross to, to kind of hook out like that and for it to yeah. dip the way it did. But yeah, yeah, it was impressive. It was impressive. Did I say I wanted, that was the partnership I was looking forward to seeing develop? And Kane needs crosses, and he will score goals. And I think I think it was interesting because we said at the beginning, um, uh, well, not the beginning, but when he first signed, we were thinking to ourselves how it would either be how whether it would be detrimental having three a front three who were all like predominantly yeah goal scorers. Like Son actually doesn't get that many assists for the position he plays, but he gets a lot of goals. And Bergwijn yes. scores a lot of goals when he gets assists. And then obviously you have Kane who's single-minded in, in getting the goals up. So if they're finding a way to do that for each other and be unselfish for each other, that's a great, great proposition moving forward. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I just wanted to big myself up. No, for, no, for sure. You know, credit, no. credit or credit is Credit or credit <laughs> um, I think it's uh, I think it's time to... Uh, to have try a hand at a little bit of a wiki footballer. Okay, you're bringing it to the table after you've not been so keen on it in the last I mean, um, few outings. I feel, I feel like this. I feel like it's set up um, to discriminate against me. Um, discrimination. It, yeah, 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 it's just definitely discriminatory. Um, and I've, I've accepted that sometimes in life things aren't going to go your way, but it doesn't mean you should run away from it. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you play the game. So accept the challenge. Yeah. So I've got, I've got my player. Um, have you got yours? I've got mine. All right. Always um, got a wiki player in my folder. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you, you go first then. All right, so we're doing the same rules, right? Yep, same rules. And where it's 11-9, yeah? Yep. In case, are you sure you want to go in any order? No, 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 no. no. I would buy it in order. You're the one who got cocky. or was like, I could do anything. You did that. But it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Let's go. Any order then. Okay, cool. And I just want to say, listeners, I hope you are playing along at home. Please play along and let us know if you um, are better than Kwabna. sure you are. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I kid. I jest. I jest. No pressure. All right. You said you didn't want this in order, right? That's not what I said. You said that's what you wanted to do. I said no. But now I can't be out, can't be out here looking like a punk while I'm giving you all this in order. So... Do 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 whatever you see fit. <laughs> do I? Yeah. Ever ask okay, I'm gonna give it to you in order. Manchester okay. City, Chester, Chelsea, Manchester City, QPR, Tottenham, Cambridge United. So I'm gonna say this for free. He played for Tottenham in the Premier League era. So give me that order again. City, Chester, Chelsea, City, QPR, Spurs, Cambridge United. Cambridge United. Um, right. 
do they pay for people? So Nancy Ian also pays for us. This is gonna really annoy me, man. Paid in the And of course I can't give you any clues because I've given it to you in order. So you know the first club, you know the last club. The only two things I will say is Chester was on loan. So that was after Man City. Then it was Chelsea. Loan back to Man City, QPR, Tottenham, Cambridge were permanent deals. And the clock is ticking, my friend. Okay. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... How many goals do I go with this? You get uh, two goals. If you don't get in the first one, your points rapidly reduce to two if you get on the second one. Because you already had your clues. Okay. I'm stuck between two people. Um, I'm, stuck with, I'm stuck between Michael Brown and Ben Thatcher. Um, I'm going to say... Wait, sorry, last bit, last, last, last team you paid for? Cambridge United. I'm going to have to push uh, you. Oh, wait. No. I'm going to do a live countdown. Clive Wilson? Oh, my days. Anyone would think that you were an absolute genius. <laughs> you didn't use Google, did you? I'm not happy with that. I'm not back in the game. <laughs> You're you back know, in yeah? the game. Do you know what? Do you know what? I had. I was thinking three, right? I was thinking Clive Wilson, Ben Thatcher, and um, and Michael Brown. But because you didn't react to Ben Thatcher and Michael Brown, I was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> <laughs> the third one. There was no logic. <laughs> there was no. There was no, no logic. There was no knowledge behind it. I was like, I've got three. No, that it was good. Be, it could be even, even, it could be even three. And to be honest, when you said man, I was so fixated on Man City, and the only other person I could think of was um, Choluka. And I was like, Choluka didn't finish his career in thing. He definitely left the country. He left the country. Yeah, he, he went to play for. Oh, I think he went. He went to like Locomotive Moscow or something. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. So yeah, I was like, right. yeah. So I was like, oh, it can't be him. Oh my goodness! Damn, I thought I had a good poker face, but my my poker face actually gave it away. Mate, that's impressive. Oh, yeah, okay, that's impressive. Cool. I'll take that Next one. week's not in order. Uh, like I said, do what you want. Do you like <laughs> it? Um, all right, cool. I'm gonna give it to you in order. Or Don't maybe, have to. Or maybe I won't. Who knows? Um, okay. It switched time. Wolves. Mm-hmm. Coventry, okay. Tottenham. Jeez, okay. Switch town. Wolves, Coventry, Tottenham. I'm just going through all of the databases now in my head. They better be in your head, mate. Because to be honest, some of your performances, <laughs> some of your performances <laughs> have been a bit, a bit, a bit Rain Man-like, to be honest with you. Was it 123? Uh... I can't remember how many two picks Rayman counted, but yeah, sure, no, it's definitely not Rayman. Uh, I'm very, I'm struggling. Wolves, Ipswich, Coventry, Spurs. Wolves, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to push you, mate. I'm gonna have to. Do push you know you. how long you took, and you're pushing me after like four seconds? Yeah, okay. first of all, not four seconds. That explanation <laughs> itself, you're wasting time, here, mate. I don't know. I don't make the rules. I just play the game. 
Okay, did you say they were in order? I didn't say that well, they were in order now. Would you like to know if they're in order? Would you like them in order? Uh, uh, am I going to lose points? I just want to know if it's in, in you'll, order. You'll lose, you'll lose points if I give you any additional information. How many points will I lose if I find out if they're in order? One point. Let, give it to me. Yeah, Are they in order then? Nope. Yeah, it didn't sound like they were in order. Would, right, you, like, would you like them in order? How many points am I going to lose? Another point. All right, give them to me in order, please. I don't think it's going to help. Give them to me in order. <laughs> Cover GC, Tottenham Hotspur, Ipswich Town, Wolves. Country City, Ipswich Town. I'm going to have to push you for an answer, mate. Yeah, I can only think of Steve Sedgley. I uh, don't know if he went to Ipswich. Uh, Coventry, what's play for Coventry? Cobb oh. City, mate. Iconic. I think you've done a naughty one here. <sighs> I'll take a guess. It's not Steve Sedgley. I, uh, I'm going to go Callum Davenport because he's the only commentary to Tottenham I can think of. That's, you know, that's actually impressive. That's actually right? impressive. No, no, it's Steve Sedgley. It should have gone if you got oh. <laughs> And I'm back in the game! <laughs> oh. That's how you do it, guys. When people talk to you about psychological warfare, yeah? Oh. That's what it looks like, guys. That's what psychological warfare sounds like. You get in there, you move into their head, Chilling in there, feet up, rent free, relaxing, getting results. Yeah, no, nah, you should have gone with Steve, Steve, mate. He did play, I knew he played for Wolves as the Ipswich one. Now think about it. Ah, what's that? 14 11. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Okay, Quabna? Um, Right now, I'm sprinting to the finish line. So if I was you, I'd focus on what's in front of you, mate. That's what I would do if I was you. That's me. That's me. That's you, and you're locked in on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, um, that's uh, all we've got time for this uh, episode. But as always, thanks for listening. Um, Andrew, it's been a pleasure. So thank you. As always. Thank you, Kobna. No problem. No problem. Always great to be here. Um, guys, remember to please give the gift of the pod. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Share in your groups. Make sure you jump on and you can write some reviews, five-star reviews only, because we only give you five-star content. You can follow us on the Shelf Pod on Twitter, where you can see our rantings, ramblings, ratings, and more. Um, yeah, so until then, I say it's good night from me. And it's good night from me. So let's run the outro. Side, 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 side